Welcome to the Hidden Acres Podcast, coming to you from Hidden Acres Christian Center in Dayton, Iowa. We are pleased to bring you the audio from some of our 2022 High School Week seminars. This seminar was taught by Mark Henderson, Executive Pastor at Christ Community Church in Ames. The seminar title was Anxiety, Why Am I Shaking? In this seminar, Mark uses uh, one long video clip, which we've cut out, but the link for that video can be found in the show notes. Enjoy. Uh, Like Ryan said, I'm Mark Henderson. I'm a been in student ministry a lot of my life, and then lately I've been a pastor at Christ Community doing some other stuff. But I wanted to share a little bit about my family, about this topic of anxiety, and then uh, we're going to do a kind of a mix of things. So we're going to watch some videos, um, some really well done, interesting thoughts about anxiety. We're also going to have a little bit of discussion, and, uh, and I'm going to teach a little bit too uh, as we think about anxiety, what this thing's all about. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm married. I've been married to Carrie for 26 years, I think it is. And uh, we have a 22-year-old, a 20-year-old, and a 17-year-old. My youngest is going to be a senior next year. Uh, so that's kind of my family. And uh, my family has a history of struggle with uh, mental health. So it, I wasn't always aware of that, but like uh, my mom's side of the family, my grandpa, was institutionalized with mental health issues. On my dad's side of the family, my grandma institutionalized with mental health issues, right? So we got it coming from both directions. And then, uh, and then even my mom, uh, at one point in her life, I mean, I grew up with a fun, happy, normal mom. Uh, but as an adult, my mom uh, went off some medicine when she shouldn't have. Anybody who's maybe been through this, if, you, if you're on medication, it's a bad idea, right? To just cold turkey, don't tell your doctor, don't tell your family. Well, my mom decided to do that when she went to China. <laughs> and uh, so there was like three or four months they were over there and she was off her meds. And so when she came back, she was in a really bad spot. Uh, so she was institutionalized too while they could get that figured out. So, so for me personally, is speaking about anxiety also from this history of mental health within my family, uh, but also just like there's situational anxiety, right? It's, it's, it's really not a not always a a mental health issue, right? But sometimes it's like I've been through some trauma, right? I've I've been through some hard things and that's causing anxiety or I'm really nervous about, uh, you know, cataclysmic events, right? It's just, I'm nervous and anxious about all the possible things that could go wrong, right? So there's lots of different ways that anxiety affects us, impacts us. And we're gonna try to talk through a little bit of each of those today. you know, I think for me, I was kind of a nervous kid. Uh, I think I was anxious just at a young age about people and life and disappointing people and, and not being good enough, you know, kind of all those kind of things that a lot of us deal with, but not, not to a degree where it really slowed me down too much or hindered my life a lot, but I, but I relate to anxiety that way. Here's what I do to deal with anxiety. I think I'm, I'm the kind of person who probably over-prepares, right? So my, my anxiety looks like I'm gonna over-prepare so I'm not caught off guard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do double the work so that I don't look stupid in front of people. Uh, so I, that's kind of where I come from and I don't wanna disappoint people. So my anxiety really is tied to like not wanting to let anybody down. Right? And so that, that's where I, I work really hard. That's where my, my gut gets uh, off. I feel nervous, I feel sweaty because I don't want to disappoint anybody. Um, so one of the ways that comes out for me is I, I laugh a lot. I, 
I try to make everyone around me comfortable by making jokes, being smiley all the time, uh, laughing a lot. So, so if you met me, you wouldn't say, oh, Mark seems like he's got anxiety or he's an anxious person. But, but in reality, it's a lot of that is like a mask for how I'm feeling on the inside. Right? As I'm, I'm trying to make sure no one feels anxious and there's no anxiety and I'll never disappoint anybody because we're all laughing and smiling and having a good time. Um, so, so that's just a little bit about me and where I'm coming at as we talk about anxiety. And I'll probably share some illustrations from my, my family and my kids too. Um, just before we get started, and then we're gonna watch a, like about a 14 minute section of video here in just a second. But uh, just want you guys to know too, this is, uh, it, it's a place where you're, you're safe, okay? So there'll be some discussion prompts uh, to talk to people around you. If, if you don't wanna do that, that's fine. Like there's no pressure to be a part of that. Feel free to, to sit quiet or listen in or not be a part of that, not a problem. But so also if anything we're doing today just is like triggering for you, you see something, you hear something, you get uncomfortable, um, Feel free to sit quiet. Feel free just to get up and go, right? You don't have to explain yourself to us. Uh, if you just need to break and get out of here for a little bit and come back, um, that's fine. You know, so just want you to know, you're in a, you're in a place where it's okay uh, as we talk through anxiety. There might be things that, that jump out at you. Um, uh, so there's some, there, you've got a handout. There's some blanks to fill in if you want to, if that helps you kind of track along with some of the things we'll see in the video, some of the things I'm going to talk about. But also, um, I'll, I'll get you caught up so you don't have to be anxious about it. <laughs> You're not going to miss anything. So at the end, I'll make sure all the blanks are filled in, uh, answer any questions, make sure you didn't feel like you missed anything. Sound good? Awesome. Let me pray for us, then we'll watch the video. Colin will, uh, has it all queued up for us. God, would you just meet us here uh, this afternoon? Uh, Lord, it's been an awesome week, and uh, you've been at work and in, uh, in the lives of these students and their counselors. And so, Lord, we, uh, we just pause and, and say whatever you want to, to say to us in the next, you know, 45 minutes, we're open to hear what it is you want us to hear from that. So, Lord, help us to uh, uh, just to calm, uh, you know, kind of if we have a, a mind that's racing right now or if we're feeling just kind of especially anxious, jittery, something, Lord, would you bring some peace to us uh, that, that this time here is going to help us think through uh, some of those issues? Uh, may it not cause more anxiety, but instead uh, allow us to process uh, some of what, what it is you want us to learn uh, through the anxiety that we wrestle with. Um, yeah, Lord, would you meet us here and teach us what you want to teach us? We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, we'll watch the first uh, section of video, Colin. I'll let you know when to ch shut it off. Hey, this is Taylor again, uh, kind of interrupting here. Right here is where Mark shows the video that is in the show notes. So feel free to watch that video and then come back to the audio here. It can also be found on the Christ Community Church website, which is ccames.org. And if you go to their blog, you'll find one article from December of 2020 entitled Conversations on Anxiety. So you can go to that blog. Otherwise, just click the link in the show notes, and it'll take you right to it. Now let's get back to Mark. Interesting. Hopefully it was a good discussion. I think um, thinking about that idea of, of breaking the cycle, of uh, experience anxiety, maybe understanding the difference between fear and anxiety, 
And I think I want to talk just real briefly about some things that feed anxiety. So see if these seem familiar to you. One of them is uh, if you've experienced anxiety, like they said, it's, it's often thinking about what might happen in the future, right? So I'm, I'm imagining like some worst case scenarios, what, what might happen next. And so what can feel safer is just to stay in the present, right? And, and that's even, to some degree, even a coping mechanism that can be healthy is to focus on right now, right in front of me, um, you know, get some ice cream, go for a walk, go for a drive, like move your body, right? Things that, that kind of get you back in the present, don't worry about the future, but you can't stay here forever, right? <laughs> Right? You can't never think about tomorrow. Right? You can't just only live for today and, uh, and I forgot about appointments, I forgot about my test, I forgot about right, whatever future thing is out there because I hate thinking about the future because it causes anxiety. Right? So that's, that's one of the things we have to balance is how do I begin to, to think about the future in a healthy way, which we'll talk about, so that it doesn't cause anxiety but I'm not overwhelmed tomorrow because I forgot to think about today, uh, and now I'm even more nervous, right? Now I'm really anxious because I completely forgot to think about what was coming next. Another one is, is listening versus talking, right? There, you maybe have experienced that idea of like, there's lots of voices in your head, right? There's lots of uh, doubts and fears and what you think people are thinking about you. Like maybe have you ever experienced that you just look across the classroom, you look across the lunchroom, across the youth group room, and you see some people talking, and you begin to imagine what they're saying about you. Anybody been in those shoes before? So, right, a completely imaginary conversation that may not at all be what's happening, but now you're, you're hearing these voices in your head, you've convinced yourselves it's true, and because of it, you take action, right? You, you leave you're like, I got, I'm feeling sick, I go to the nurse, and I'm going home early today because of an imaginary conversation that happened across the lunchroom. And, that, and that's real. I'm not like, that happens. I, there's a lot of people in this room that can relate to that. But I think we have to acknowledge that instead, I need to start talking to myself. So don't just listen to those voices, but then be able to say, I don't have to listen to what that voice is telling me. Right? That doubt and that fear and that anxious thought. Instead, to go, hey, you know what? I, that, that's probably irrational. Like, they could be talking about something completely different. Odds of them talking about me are not that high. Right? Beginning to like, talk to yourself, reconvince yourself uh, why there's reasons not to be anxious. Last one is uh, uh, that those things, uh, avoidance is the other one. Right? Like, just completely avoiding uh, you know, school makes me anxious. I'm done. I'm not going to school anymore. <laughs> right? Like, that's nice for today. Uh, maybe it gets you through this month. But at some point, you're probably going to have to go back to school. Right? At some point, it's like, for the betterment of my life, I'm going to have to get an education, go to college. I'm going to have to begin to tackle this. So it's okay, to, I think, to avoid in that moment of crisis. You're having a panic attack. Uh, life's not going well right now. I need to get out of that for a minute but we can't keep just avoiding, avoiding, avoiding forever. At some point, we're going to have to, to learn to deal with that. So a couple of quick things, just as we think about breaking the cycle. Uh, one is just to know that anxiety is not just in your head. Right? So anxiety, if, if some people say to you, uh, well, stop thinking like that. Right? Or 
or that, that fear you have is just in your head. You've probably heard that before. And I think what's important for us to recognize is that our bodies, right, include our, our head and our brain. So our brains are part of our physical body. So there are things that we can do uh, with our physical health that are going to improve our mental health. Right? So if, if you're suffering from anxiety, I always, I always joke with one of my daughters. Uh, I said, like, she's just kind of a nervous person, right? She's wired to, like, think and worry and uh, kind of jittery like that, right? And what does she love to drink? Dr. Pepper. <laughs> At least she used to. Right? So I said, it's kind of like imagine a chihuahua and you put it on a steady diet of sugar. <laughs> right? Like if you've been around a chihuahua, that's already kind of a nervous dog. Right? It's already a little bit keyed up. And if you only fed it sugar all the time, like you're going to have a crazy chihuahua. Right? So I think like thinking about that for yourself, like if you're already prone to anxiety, what are you doing to help with that? Like, if you're like, I'm only eating, I'm drinking pop all the time, and my caffeine intake is through the roof, probably not helping, right? Like that much caffeine with a proneness for anxiety is not going to be a good combo for you, kind of like the chihuahua high on sugar. So recognizing our mental health is connected to our physical health. Super helpful for us to, to understand. And it gets back to what they just talked about in the video, too, that if, if we can begin to see anxiety, right, as a helpful warning sign, right, this isn't a problem to solve necessarily, but there's something going on in my life that I need to figure out how to deal with, right? So I don't need to just avoid it. I don't need to take a pill to get better. That might be part of it. But, like, I need to try to understand what's going on at some point. Why am I so anxious so that I can get to the root of that issue and, and use that warning sign to get better. Um, so those are some ways that you can, you can begin to uh, deal with some of the anxiety that you're stressing out and dealing with. Um, here's, a, here's four quick points, okay? I'll do these as fast as I can. How can you address and manage anxiety in your life? One is to embrace it, right? Just acknowledge, like being able to say to people to say to your friends, say to your family, say to whoever it is that you're around, like, I'm struggling with anxiety. You know, just to be able to say it out loud and not feel like you have to hide from it and be embarrassed about it anymore. So, so just acknowledging the source of your anxiety. Um, embracing anxiety prepares us for real lasting change. Right? So part of it is just to acknowledge it, name it, and begin to, to grow. Number two, so one is embrace it, two is timing. Um, as you know, in the middle of an anxiety uh, crisis or a panic attack, probably not the best time to try to figure this all out, right? Have you, maybe you've had a teacher or a parent, I've been that parent sometimes, who's trying to help solve the crisis in the middle of the crisis. Bad idea, right? It's like the last thing you want to do is try to figure this out right now. So instead, maybe you're, uh, I would say this is probably what will happen. You're uh, sitting in a room like this. Right? You're sitting in your classroom, and you're supposed to be paying attention, but your mind right, is racing. Right? You're, you're starting to feel like the physical symptoms of anxiety, and you're like, oh, man, not now. Right? Like, I do not want to leave another class. I don't want to have to do this right now. So here's one idea for timing. is uh, Write down on a piece of paper, get your phone out, make yourself an appointment, and say, tonight at 6 o'clock, have a conversation with yourself about what just happened. 
So taking an actual, take that step, like physically set an appointment. So you're basically saying to your anxiety, I'm not going to deal with you right now. <laughs> right? I'm taking charge. You don't get to ruin my day. I'm going to try to deal with you at 6.30 tonight because I know that's when I'll be home from practice and it's before I got to go do this other thing. So that's another idea. And like initially that'll feel really weird. It'll feel maybe not so helpful. But beginning to develop that habit, like I'm in charge, I'm going to start processing my anxiety at a later time when it's convenient for me. It's another idea. All right. Third one. So we get t embrace it, timing. Third is do a mental autopsy. <laughs> so, so asking the questions later on in a safe place with maybe it's even with somebody that you trust, a counselor, a parent, a friend, and begin to ask the questions of why did that happen? Okay, so uh, I, I think one was an uh, instance in one of my kids' lives, uh, having a great day, not anxious, sitting in the classroom, and somebody comes running by in the hallway outside, screaming something, and it was like that. It was gone and done, right? But for some of you who have anxiety, what does that trigger, right? You're maybe thinking... Uh, for a split second, I was thinking about a gun, right? Or for a split second, I was like, that looked like my friend. You know, I think they might have been in trouble. They got caught for something, right? You're, so all of a sudden, you're taken out of that moment, and your anxiety rears its head, and uh, you're, like, having to deal with that in the moment. So why did it happen? How did it happen? What was the things that triggered that anxiety? How did I react? So then thinking about what, what did it look like? when I reacted to that? Maybe what were some physical symptoms? What were the thoughts that I had? What did my body do physically? You know, beginning to think through, how did I react to that? What were my triggers? What, what, was, what was it about that that was triggering to me? You know, what did that remind me of? Um, what's one of my fears that that was playing into? Kind of asking yourself those kind of questions. And then fourthly, is imagine yourself in the future. This is a unique one if you struggle with anxiety. But is uh, think about the thing you're anxious about, okay? So let's say uh, uh, some of you, it might be like coming to camp this week caused a lot of anxiety, right? Because you're out of your element. Uh, some of your safe people are gone. You don't have a place to go to by yourself to get away from everybody. So imagine yourself when you walk into a, a week of camp and you say, but imagine if I make it, what it's going to feel like on Saturday, right? So, so in, before camp starts, you go and you start thinking about, what if I make it through the whole week? How will that feel on Saturday? And, and imagine, like, actually play it out. Like, we're driving home, and I'm having this conversation about how I made it, and I'm telling stories. Like, you can kind of play up what it would be like to actually make it through that anxious moment and, and begin to celebrate, even before it happens, uh, what that could be like. So those are a couple of ideas that help uh, as you practice those ideas, what begins to happen is that your brain and your body and your life begin to adjust, right? Your, your brain begins to kind of rewire itself. Your body begins to react differently. And before long, you'll gradually begin to see some change, right? That you're, you're less anxious. You're more aware of what causes it. You're more able to handle it and, uh, and keep moving on. So let's look at your worksheet real quick. See if there's any blanks that uh, you missed out on. We'll get you caught up real quick. Uh, I think a great quote uh, there at the beginning, in case you missed it, 
But the remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. So the remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Now that doesn't mean if you have anxiety, you don't love God. Right? That's not what that quote is saying. <laughs> or that you don't fear God if you have anxiety and have some other fears. But, I, but in general, right, that idea is like my fear of God is, is so high. I have so much thought of who God is that there's not a whole lot else left for me to fear. Uh, thinking about some common coping mechanisms. You know, what do you see around you? What have you done yourself? Uh, and there's no right and wrong list. Just you writing down some ideas of how do you see people dealing with anxiety. It could look like, um, you know, drugs or alcohol or uh, binge watching. I, I mean, I, this is a common one in my house is just finding a game on a phone and just zoning out, right? Just tuning the world out, getting lost into something that's right in front of you is a way to deal with anxiety. And, and sometimes aren't the healthiest, right? There's, there's better ways to deal with anxiety. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And, I, and just for you to know that that promise is true for you, because when you wrestle with anxiety, it is wearisome and burdensome. Right? You physically feel exhausted and worn out from it. And, and God's letting you know, come to me with that. Keep coming to me with that. And, and I will give you rest. And then a couple more here, just real quick in the middle, and we'll do a little bit more uh, teaching, maybe some questions that you guys have before we get out of here. Um, social, social anxiety is caused by fear of others' disapproval. That's probably obvious, right? Fear of others' disapproval. Disaster anxiety is imagining that something terrible, some kind of terrible tragedy is on the verge of happening either to yourselves or to your loved ones. So, right, that, that tragedy that's about to happen. I think my, uh, it might be my, my oldest wrestled with some anxiety, triggered way back when she was a first grader. Right, so in first grade, she was at elementary school, huge snowstorm, and I was just a little bit late getting there to pick her up. So there was two kids left in the school, her and one other kid. And she says to her teacher, what would happen if my dad doesn't come get me? And she says, funny, she's a funny lady. <laughs> she says, oh, don't worry about it, sweetie. You can just stay here with me tonight, <laughs> right? So from that moment on, my daughter was so afraid of storms and bad weather because she was going to get trapped at school <laughs> with the teacher and not get to see us. I, like that, but I don't know if she even knew it at the time, but she probably figured it out in middle school. Like, that's where that started, right? Because she didn't take it as a joke. She took it as like, oh, crap, I'm going to get separated from mom and dad and have to sleep in the school with this weird teacher. So, like, thinking about what is it that's causing this, this tragedy anxiety, this uh, disaster anxiety. All right, any, any quick questions before we wrap up? Any things on your mind, questions you have, observations you have that you just, like, want some feedback on? Feel free to ask something, otherwise I got a little bit to help us wrap up here. <laughs> yeah, what do you got? Yeah. Yeah.
That's a really good one. I think, uh, so if you didn't hear the question, if, if you have a family member who's dealing with anxiety, how do you help them with like panic attacks, right? Great question. I think what I have found uh, as a dad is uh, to know these couple of things. When someone's having a panic attack, the thing that they don't want to have to answer is how can I help you with your panic attack, <laughs> right? So in the middle of a panic attack, what I used to do as a dad is say, what do you need? How can I help you? And I'm like peppering her with questions. If you've had panic attacks, is that helpful? <laughs> no, right? It's the worst. Like now I'm having a panic attack and having to explain to you how to help me have a panic attack. Right? It's the worst. So, so I think part of it is like um, being able to, say, to ask short questions. Uh, can, I, like, can I get you something? Uh, do you need me? And if they don't answer, then just say, you know what? I'll be right here. And just sit quietly, maybe nearby where they see that you're around. And stop asking questions, stop talking to them, give them some space. Then afterwards, when they start to feel better, you can say, hey, what, what would have helped? You know, I, like once it's passed, say, what could I have done? And like, like my, my one daughter would say, you know what, if you would just get my like weighted blanket and bring it to me, like that would have helped me get through that. And then leave me alone and shut up, you know? <laughs> so like bring that to me or like bring one of my fidgets over and let me fidget with that. Like if I'm kind of curled up in bed and can't reach them, like bring one of those over to me. Um, or I sometimes what I'll do is too is like offer to take them for a drive. I'll be like, you know what, don't have to talk, um, but do you wanna go, you wanna get out of here? and go for a ride with me. Usually that's like preemptive panic attack. Uh, like we see it coming on, and so like let's get out of here and go do something. Uh, so maybe that helps a little bit, yeah. But I think trying to unpack it later versus in the moment is probably the biggest cue. It's like in the moment, you're probably not gonna solve that problem right now. It's a good question. All right, a couple of other quick things just to wrap up, and then if, uh, yeah, we'll wrap up with that. Uh, I, th I think it's super helpful is to, to begin to think about this idea that uh, anxiety uh, can actually be a help, right? It's like, like God built within us the idea of being anxious about something, right? Like a healthy, looking forward, thinking about the future, and being aware that maybe I should be anxious about something, right? There's, there's something that's about to happen that I need to get ready for. And so recognizing that and letting anxiety begin to tell you, it's kind of like if you're, a, if you're a driver. Anybody, anybody driving at least like with your learner's permit or whatever? But like, so you're beginning to drive and uh, your parents might be like, hey, you know what? That check engine light, you should have told us about that. Anybody been down that? Or like you forget to pay attention to the gas light. Anybody ever done that, right? They're like how long has the gas light been on? And you kept driving. Like, what are you doing, you know? That happens all the time when you're getting started. But thinking of anxiety is like a check engine light, right? So if you're beginning to get anxious and it's beginning to affect your life and you're bowing out of things you used to enjoy and you're struggling to kind of keep doing normal activities, there's a check engine light, right? Like start talking to somebody and Maybe go get some help, talk to your parents, and begin to work through some of these coping ideas of how to deal with anxiety. 
Uh, and the bo- so third box down over to the right, anxiety cannot be avoided, but it can be reduced. Right, so, so hold out hope that if you really struggle with anxiety or people around you struggle with anxiety, I think keep encouraging them that this isn't forever. Right, you're, you're not going to be an anxious person forever. You can deal with this. You can begin to get better at handling your anxiety. All right, those are all the ones I wanted to cover there. I think on the, just on the far right, I'd encourage you to put down, like, what are, what's something you heard today that might be a step for you in dealing with anxiety, all right? So what are some methods for dealing with anxiety? Things like, uh, I, I think a really good one is focusing on what's real, all right? So when you're only worried about what might be, like, stop and go for a walk, um, yeah, that's what fidgets kind of do a little bit, right? You're, you're focused on something tangible that you can touch. And it's real, so get your body moving. Kind of can help you deal with anxiety. Um, sometimes it can be medication, right? You, you might need medication to kind of get your body reset so that you can have good conversations and begin to get at the root issues. Uh, talk to yourself. Don't just listen to the voices, but right, talk back to the voices, and say, that's not true, and I don't have to believe you, and what you just, what that thought I had isn't necessarily true. Uh, I think seeking counseling, you know, whether that's like in a trusted friend who will listen or an, an actual counselor who will walk through some stuff with you. Uh, journaling is a good idea. Uh, if, even if you just said, you know what, for three weeks, right, I don't have to do this forever, for three weeks I'm going to write down like when I got anxious, what caused it, what I can remember about it, and begin to understand a little bit about kind of where that's coming from. I want to hand out, you want to help me hand these out? Anybody who's not feeling anxious want to help me hand these out? (laughs) Awesome. You can just hand them down the middle aisles and pass them out that way. I'll keep the top one. So here's just a quick little card. Uh, So if you were sleeping through this, which is great, and you just needed a break, just take the card and you can tell your counselor and your parents this is what you learned. So it gives you a kind of a free pass. Uh, so just some great ideas for simple steps to deal with dealing with anxiety. Uh, one is thinking about where, where physically does anxiety first show up for you? Okay, so when you begin to get anxious, is it in your head? Is it in your, uh, your heart starts to race? Or maybe like tightness in your body, you start to kind of clench up. What's the benefit of noticing that? You start to feel it coming on before it's a problem, right? So you can begin to start taking some steps to strategize how to deal with it before it gets to be too late. Uh, Number two is what do you think you need that you don't actually need? Asking yourself that question, right? Like I'm really feeling anxious because my friends aren't really listening to me. I, I need to be understood. Well, maybe you don't really need to be understood and just let this one go. Number three, can you name what you, are, what you are avoiding or what you're afraid of? Right, that last conversation went so badly that I know I'm, I'm like hiding in the bathroom so I don't have to sit by her at lunch. Right, so you're avoid, like just name what it is that you're trying to avoid so at least you understand it better. And then four uh, is praying about it. You know, talking to God about it in that moment, uh, knowing that he's there for you. And five, uh, what can I do to kind of bring life to this situation? I go for a walk, I can give somebody a call, you know, what, what kind of helps 
helps me in these moments to deal with my anxiety. All right, let me pray for us. God, thanks for meeting us here today. Thanks for some, uh, some great resources like we get from Axis. Uh, thanks for your word, which it reassures and comforts us. Uh, Lord, I pray for this group that, uh, that, that they would learn that genuinely uh, you can meet them uh, even in their anxiety. That if, if they would learn to cast their anxiety upon you, because you do deeply care for them. You want to begin to teach them to rely on you in those moments and to, to see that you can show up and uh, you can begin to help them grow, uh, grow through that. Lord, help this group of students to, to have a great uh, day, finish this week well, and uh, enjoy a few more moments of what it is you want to teach them before they head home. Pray this in your name. Amen.